Live lots of puzzle. Where crystal just go to crystal cavities. No, not crystal <laughs> crystal cavities. Crystal crystal cavernous. That's where I got my teeth cleaned. It's crystal and, uh, We could record a live episode from yeah. Crystal Cave Systems. No, do you know about Cold Cave? No Cold Cave is about. one of the only caves in PA that you can legally access without a caving group. Oh, much like Ted the Caver, just kind of finding that hole yeah. in the ground and deciding, hey, I'm going to jump in this hole. It's like one of three in the entire state, and it's mm. like by far the biggest, and it's uh, by Lancaster. Okay. So, that's um, done deal. We're doing Amish, it. Amish. The Amish. <laughs> yeah. The Amish over there in Lancaster. That's all. That's all that's over there. There's can we else. can we throw out like a, a live, like meet the meet, meet the, the casters? <laughs> no, meet the casters with the lots of pasta <laughs> audience. I was gonna say I don't think the Amish would. I think they would assume that we're like sucking up their souls when we're like recording something. <laughs> they're like, "What? Are, this technology beguiles me." And they're like, "It's like you're capturing my words." And then I play it back. You're capturing my words. And he like stares at me like. The devil has my tongue. Josiah. <laughs> Get away from the wizards. <laughs> Get away from them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what did you want to do? You want to. So this is big announcement. Great. The, yeah. The crazy announcement. Captain Death doesn't know about this. July 17th, 2019. We were having a live meet and greet with the lots of pasta family. We'll have everyone there. We'll have uh, Terry Trombums. We'll have the happy, happy hands. Please Herald keep times n- keep getting them worse. Ten, tendy, tendy, chicken tendies. We'll have um, tendy in the blink machine. <laughs> we'll have all your favorite. You'll have myself, Jugo, and you will meet up at Coal Cave. We'll do a little mean greet. Frowns downs. Frown. <laughs> this the syndrome. Frowns McBrabra. <laughs> all uh, of your favorite pasta, pastas. Yes, yeah, so, so come out and meet us. Come out and meet us. Um, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> 2019. 2019. <laughs> Fuck. I didn't see anyone there. Ah. <laughs> I missed that it. was a, such a letdown. I missed it. Follow up. You guys suck. No one was there. <laughs> Follow up. We have the worst fan base. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst meetup ever. Worst fan base ever. Um, and this is why... We will never be successful. So <laughs> there is um, the, the the precedence today, and uh, I don't know if it's a cause for jubilation or not. Um, yeah. I am here in the new basement with Django Phillips. Django! And it's a new Django <laughs> for a new basement. <laughs> a new Django for a new basement. We are here to conclude, and I have to, like actually put emphasis on the word conclude Conclude. today um, because we thought we concluded it last time if he writes a part six where sam is in his 70s and operating a global baby mill (laughs) out of the center of the planet you're gonna have to find someone else to read (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna just go ahead and skip that one so i'm gonna go ahead and say concluding today concluding um not just baraska like this this part 
the, the show whole story is Nebraska today. We're moving away. <laughs> I like how on the last <laughs> like four episodes, I literally just keep saying that the show's over. <laughs> like this, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Like I think ever since episode your last Baraska part actually we've just been saying the show's over yeah. like, you're not going to get the conclusion you want True. I'm not going to get the conclusion I want so like no one's going to be happy this is the first is the episode end. recorded <laughs> in the new basement I thought you were just going to say first episode ever first episode recorded to with 100 me ep- uh, episode 134 this is our first episode here <laughs> today my first um, episode that I've been on my so name is Captain me. Death uh, I am we like to read stories we've find on the internet oh is that the is that what that's we're gonna do the sh- that's the show i thought we were gonna do like a car talk where the sh- i thought we were doing car talk oh is this ni- is this knife hour <laughs> this, do we talk about knives yeah caller you're on the air uh hi yeah my knife is uh really dull yeah that's a common that's a common i don't know if you want to take this one butter or? knife is it a butter knife is it a he hung up Great. So, so uh, we are finishing Baraska today, and I think more so before, we should probably just lead in with what we have liked about this series. I don't want to do a recap. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into anything. Like, I, I spaced the episodes pretty close. You, uh, when we started this new one, these new three parts, yeah, that first one had like close to like 90 hits in the first week right like like people like this story right um i don't i mean i do like it i think i it's it's gone in a different direction but that's not to say that i dislike it i know we make fun of it we make fun of a lot of things on the show it is very easy to be a what do they call it the couch couch surfing critic yeah um what did you say? A, a tick- tickle butt. Tickle butt. Yeah, it's very easy to be a tickle butt. It's pretty easy to be a tickle but, butt. You it's know, not the easiest thing. Those who can't do tickle butts. But it's pretty easy. And those who can't tickle butts, teach Jim. Mm, I, mm, I don't know, man. I remember my gym teacher tickling my butt. Oh, yeah, there was. Times. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, there was a lot of butt tickles. I like... Um, God damn it. I've mentioned this before, right? I think a lot of creepypastas on the internet are not of, like, the level that you would find in, like, a bookstore, like, professionally, because of course they're not. Sure, and and I mean, there are some outliers. There are definitely outliers. There are absolutely outliers, and in today's day and age, it's pretty easy to self-publish, but that being said, you know, I'm not going to walk into a Barnes & Noble's and pull tommy taffy off of the right. off the shelf you know like that's not the world we live in right and given that metric i think baraska is above average uh in general is starting to annoy the shit out of me that's okay <laughs> so, that's okay so you are allowed to say that on the seventh part of this series yeah. like this is the this is the longest story we've done yep. because we thought we were done before with four parts and yep. then they came back in with three more like well, three we we did three more episodes. We had to cut it up, but it was it was three parts. No, it was four parts. We did an episode per part, and then he came out with a part five. But right. it was basically as long as the other four parts. So we cut it up into three more episodes, and that's what we've been doing. Um, so when it says part seven, like that's just us taking our time reading it, and I think you're allowed to say fuck this. 
by, yeah. by part seven. I think um, a lot of the intrigue and mystery and wonderment kind of left around, I would say, that first that first new part where, like, Sam's a drug addict, Kimber's weird, and Kyle's just gone, and they have a really stupid plan, and it just gets worse. Right. And it's like, we, there's no... I hate, see, what I wanted to say before was I hate coming off as the couch surfing critic because I would like to think that if this was my story, if I am C.K. Walker, um, I simply either wouldn't have done this second part or I would have made it tonally, like, completely different from what we're reading right now. Right. So it's hard for me, like... Part of me actually thought the best way to sequel this series is from the perspective of another child in the future of the same town. I think leave Sam leave Sam completely out of it, or have him come in at the end and work with the kid to break down the system. Right. But I ultimately thought if we are solely following Sam's narrative because he's been so close to the entire thing, then this is just going to be pretty. I don't know, like, what surprises are left? Everything, right. we, we had all the answers when we left at part four. Right. Nothing has been new. There is no new information. The original, the the first discovery of the baby mill and that whole sequence, that marked the end of what? Which part? When we figure out, it, well, that's the end of part four. That's the, that's the twist. The twist is it's a baby mill. It's a baby mill. That's okay. part four. That's the finale so, yeah. of the original story. So those... Those first four parts, to your point, are, are the best kind of horror. It's the coming-of-age story about a kid witnessing the horrifying nature of what it means to be both a, a person and an adult sure. in, in this world. But there's also a uh, mystery. The mystery and intrigue. Right. right. Yeah, like, when, when you think about what makes Harry Potter a wonderful series, it's the fact that it's a mystery fantasy where children are able to displace themselves and say, oh, I was a kid and I wondered about things once. Right. And, and, you know, even adults find that entertaining. Whereas the sadness... Where are you going to add something? That's, no, that's, that's I think you landed on a great example, because Austin McConnell, one of my favorite YouTubers, he says that. In his thing of like the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, he's like everyone thinks that Harry Potter is a oh, story about magic. Yeah, but it's just, it's a mystery. He d- he did the breakdown about yeah. about how um, Cursed Child needed to be better, yes. and he um, it was adapted into like a stage show. Um, his idea was adapted into a stage show where uh, it was like a fringe fest type of thing. They, the, they took the idea and made it into yes, a show. Yes, into their own production, which, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool. I'm I'm under the assumption that, um, not necessarily speaking for the Fringe Fest, but just, yeah, time travel has literally no place in the Harry Potter series right. as a as a overarching function. You know what this means, right? As prisoner of Azkaban, I think it's a it's a catalyst. I don't think it's an overarching function. Yeah. The third book is not about time travel. No, not at all. But yeah, what were you going to say? You know what this means? What does this mean? The playwrights, the screenwriters who wrote the Cursed Child, overextended themselves with characters they couldn't yet say goodbye to, and provided no new perspective while still being able to write decently well. Same shit. 
This no, is, we this are. This is Baraska and the Cursed Child. This is the Cursed Child. This is for it. For Baraska. It, it very much is because we are seeing characters we thought we understood at one point act completely different and almost out of character so much that it negates what came beforehand, but what came beforehand was so good and of building principle that our, yeah, our, our building blocks are not connecting. Maybe we'll get some closure. Maybe he'll, he'll twist it up again and be like, oh. I don't have my... The, the long sigh <laughs> is not meant to be sad, but it is sad because I just I know it's not going to happen. I guess my expectations are extraordinarily low. Exactly. Mine too, and I'm glad you said that. So, whatever happens... We will be at least somewhat surprised, pleasantly. I wouldn't say surprised. <laughs> I would say uh, amicable at best. Amicable. I would, I would just say the conclusion is going to be amicable because uh, because there won't be any more of it. The New York Times says <laughs> this novel is amicable. <laughs> you won't hate it, but you'll wonder why there are so many words on these pages. Why so many pages? Let's find out. <laughs> By page 80, I still can't solve. I can't answer the question. My favorite part was about the sandwiches. Can I, can we I want to be like the old man who doesn't understand uh, reviewing anything for the New York Times. Um yeah, there's some there's some funny stuff I kind of wanted to talk about before we jumped into the story. Billy Eilish says, I'm a bad guy, but she's a lady. <laughs> this we, song is wrong. And I thought we were all about that sexual identity and gender fluid shit. Zero or five stars. <laughs> so, what what is what has come out this week? It's the week of Comic-Con. There's a lot of crazy mm-hmm. shit coming out. The new It trailer came out today. It was very good. Didn't I liked, see it. I liked it a lot. And I am excited for this next part. Um, what what I want to say, the reason I'm bringing it up, Ooh. is Ooh. I think Ooh. Stephen King fans need to get over themselves. The original it, hey now. the original it book is not like a fucking masterpiece by any means. No. Absolutely not. The- and so many people are like, this is a terrible adaptation. I was like, yeah, because if we did like a stone cold adaptation yeah. of the original book, it would fucking suck. The movie it would suck ass to the watch. movie adaptation. I hope you guys realize that like Bob Gray slash Pennywise in the book is fucking boring. Like he doesn't do shit. Here's what I'll say. So, Here's what I'll say. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think the movie adaptations are have both been better than the original story. I think I agree. Stephen King fans, myself included, need to get over themselves. The guy's such a strong writer. That when you say like, oh, it, you you like think back and have this false memory that it was like on par with the shining and like the stand uh, and oh. stuff. But no, it's not but even like, close. But that's what people say. Right. No, but that's the that's the public right. assumption. That's what people get the wrong. The public assumption is that see, I don't even like the stand that much. It's his it's his like it's his like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know? The stand is like no. Dark Tower is like his Lord of the Dark Rings. Dark Tower sucks. See, I like Dark Tower. I hate Dark Tower. Oh my god, I hate Dark I can't do fantasy. See, I, I can't do fantasy. No, you I love can't horror. do fantasy. I hate fantasy. See, that's where we that's that's where we differentiate see? because and I think Dark Tower is kind of like And the King knows this. The thing he was meant to write. Okay. Um 
because it's it's just backhanded. So much of it is backhanded to the real world, yeah. to other authors, to other works of fiction, to his own works of fiction. I just think there's no, nothing else exists like that. I can't I can't outright say in this world there is anything else like the Dark Tower series. Sure. I someone proved me wrong push something my way that is even remotely like the dark tower and I will read it. I'm just saying, Oh, um, a book, anything, maybe even movie or source or video game. Like oh, push I was me thinking something. Of it, yeah. I was thinking push of me something that has the same look and feel of dark tower and kind of has the same message and also, uh, critiques Oregon trail. Roland got dysentery. It's Roland it's the same. <laughs> it's an exploration. It's a it's a massive adventure. It's a fantasy. There's guns in both. Thank you. You have I, such a I have not like read the Dark Tower puddle view <laughs> of the ocean that is Dark Tower. The don't ocean. they don't they change locations at some point? They <laughs> change locations like every five minutes. Yeah, there you go. Isn't there a tower? There's a tower in it. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming there's a tower in it, right? Isn't the tower it? doesn't even really matter. Honestly, uh, the tower doesn't even really matter. Neither does the Crimson King. It, it's literally just. It it's King? literally about the journey, which is why I, I negated my my first fact by saying, Lord of the. If there is anything close to the Dark Tower, it's yeah. Lord of the Rings, the journey of the hobbits to Mount Doom, but in. All the worst ways. It is not. It is nothing like Lord of the Rings. So that being said, um, <laughs> I really just wanted to say, like everyone can get off their high horses by thinking it the book would have made a great movie not because so great. it it would not have been. I agree. There's so much about the book that doesn't work. Um, there's so much. It's like asking for a Stone Cold adaptation of like American Psycho. Like no one would actually want to watch that because um, like. Um, House that Jack built. A lot of people are saying that that's like Lars von Trier's like American Psycho, and everyone fucking hated it. Everyone was just like, "This is too much. We don't actually want to see this. This is like the one step too far." And for the guy who made Nymphomaniac and Antichrist, that is fucking saying something. I hope you understand. So it's just like we have it, such different experiences. What? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, you don't... I, you, so that was art house horror, basically. I have, I have American Antichrist Psycho. Antichrist and Nymphomaniac are what I would categorize as, like, art house horror-ish okay. movies. Lars von Trier is, like, an art house director, and a lot of the stuff he makes, like Melancholia, is just very bleak okay. and depressing. Okay. Like, Melancholia is about the end of the world. Nymphomaniac, Nymphomaniac is about the topic. It's literally just someone who can't control themselves and almost like dies and kills other people, like dealing with it. Uh, Antichrist. It's, does one of those movies start Antichrist with like a rape? is basically trauma. Yeah, Nymphomaniac. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Antichrist yeah. begins with the death of an infant. You know, it's 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 based. Fun. It's, it's trauma and religion. Um, there's just there's a lot and. Um, the house that Jack built is just brutal, and it's like it's like watching. It's so tough to talk to you about fucking movies because you just haven't seen anything I'm thinking about right now. It's like Maniac. <laughs> Maniac is great. 
<laughs> and I'm not talking about the 80s. I'm talking about the Elijah Wood remake, first person. I don't know either. Serial so killer movie. It's cool. Um, Elijah Wood, you basically watch the movie through his eyes. It's very artful. Um, but it's poignant and not too much to watch. When he is killing people, it is um, done in a visceral way that isn't, like, disgusting. Okay. Um, and Henry, like, portrait of a serial killer, like, that type of movie is, like, hard to watch. Right. And I thought... Uh, the House of Jack Bill is is very similar in tone. It's like watching someone devolve and then asking the actors and actresses to just do like terrible shit. Like you know, like Serbian film, like martyrs, yeah. like uh just all of those movies that just tend to take it just a hair too far, maybe right. Serbian film a couple hairs. Right. More maybe pubes. Um so yeah, anyway, um I think people can calm down about it um the the next one's gonna be perfectly fine um it's gonna be a fun movie uh and that's like the least I trolls can 2 for. um trolls 2 is it's coming troll out. 2 or no, no you're talking about justin Timberlake, i'm tra- talking about anna kendrick i'm talking about trolls 2 the anna kendrick feature yeah it's a, there's a sequel coming I out i did not see the first one and i and i hate you <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of that sentence <laughs> So, so um, yeah, I wanted to bring that up, and I also wanted to just lightly touch on, um, they released a trailer for uh, Tom Hooper's Cats. It's the guy who did uh, Les Mis in the, mo- the movie Les Mis, which I thought was very good. Um, apparently, he is adapting Cats, and it is the trailer is just pure nightmare fuel. Really? It is like CGI faces on like cat people, and it just doesn't work at all. Oh, it's not intentionally nightmare fuel. It's like Uncanny no, Valley. No, it's, it's Uncanny Valley bullshit. Gotcha. It is like, like I want to do serious drugs and watch that movie with like a room full of people and just lose my goddamn mind. Yeah. Like, I want Rumple Teaser to jump out of the screen and just like finger my asshole. Uh, I hope someone clips that. You should put that in the theme song for the show. I want Rumple Teaser to jump out of the screen and just finger my asshole. Just yeah, I said that. I remember saying over that. Over and over again. That'll be my review of the Cats movie. <laughs> I'll post it on Facebook. You can look for it when the movie comes Zero out. Zero out of five shots. This Christmas. The Cats stayed in the screen. <laughs> I got ready and everything. Lubed it up and all. So I think um, everyone should have a fun time and watch that trailer because uh, it is awful. Let's check it out. Oh man, it is awful, and not like, and I'm not like even Sonic, we, like that kind of Uncanny Valley. Worse, worse than so Sonic. much worse. Wow. Yes. Wow. It is like the scene in, um, what we do in the shadows, where uh, Nick is trying to escape the house and just happens to turn right and sees Jermaine's Clement's face on like an actually sized cat, and Jermaine Clement like turns to him and hisses. That's what it looks like, but the entire movie. Okay. And it is bad. Now I'm excited. <laughs> oh, I you excited. like I I might be excited to see that movie because I think it's gonna be a shitstorm. Right. And um and we, you and I have musical theater background. We do. So I think um Cats, just to put it out there, is a terrible fucking musical. 
<laughs> Judging on face value. Yeah. And uh, never having seen it, but having heard a lot of the music and knowing what it's about, right? I th- view it as garbage. <laughs> it's like Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, "What Is It?" The Electric Parade, whatever that one, the one about the trains. I don't on know roller skates. See, oh, oh, um, what's, what's that one called? Is that the trains on roller skates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that one called? Oh shit! So before he made Cats, Andrew Lloyd Webber made this. Um, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's like Night of the Electric. I remember our musical director talking about this. Oh, it's fucking our, awful. It's yeah. like, he Andrew Lloyd Webber, before he was like, oh, cats, oh, what do cats think? He basically said, what do trains think? <laughs> <laughs> and it was worse. You know, like that idea is much worse. It was just as bad. Um <laughs> I gotta look it up. Here, he's Googling I'm it. sorry. Give us a Google second. We'll, we're, I promise we're gonna get to... Starlight Express. Starlight Express. Wow. Uh, I promise we're gonna get into the story. The musical tells I'm a kind story... kind of biding time of a young, I don't want to read it. But obsolete steam engine, Rusty, who oh, races shit. in a championship against modern engines in the hope of impressing a first-class carriage, Pearl. Famously, the actress performed the entire show on roller skates. That's... That's it. That's the synopsis. I would I would love to see a movie of that. It would be like Cars. Like, yeah. It sounds a lot like Cars. Or, or are there... Yeah, it, it sounds like Cars sounds with roller cars. skates, yeah. Um, would they put, like, Thomas the Tank, tank Engine, like, put the face... On just the front of oh, the... I fucking hope the, so. That would be terrifying. Uh, man, I would love to see that live. That would live. be like The Room... In, in Silent Hill yeah. room, it would be like that yeah. face on no, the front would, of a yeah. train. A giant <laughs> disembodied face. The thing that scares you the most. Yeah, um, it does. So anyway, everyone have a good time. Watch that trailer. It is fucking terrifying. Sweet. And the cast is just awful. <laughs> it's like it's like um, Taylor Swift, Rebel, Rebel Wilson, uh, uh, that... Uh, chubby blonde British TV host uh James Corden? Yes. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it took me a while. Uh Jennifer Jennifer Hudson. Wow. Uh Jason Derulo. And then they throw Idris Elba in there for a little bit and I was like, okay, you got me back. Well yeah, because he's Cause I love him. You know, I I, I love Peter Elba. I think he's power. I think he's a great actor. Uh, or a very good actor. I think he's a very good actor, but I don't think his agent thinks he's a very good actor. I think his agent thinks he's he a decent actor. He continues to put him in terrible like, movies. Like what the fuck? Why is he not get new management? That's my question. I don't know. Idris, that, that is a horror story. Give us for, a call for another day. Yeah. Hello, yeah, Govna. Come, come on to our podcast. Come on to our here black I, taxi. Here I am, of, reading reading the stories on this podcast. <laughs> Here I am, I'm Idris. I don't know how to. How's my name pronounced? Idris Elba. <laughs> Idris Elbows. <laughs> Come give us a call. Idris Elbows. Um, what a great character name. Eddie Elbows. Eddie Elbows. So let's get. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. Let's do it. It's Band Aid. Band Aid time. <laughs> If you are following along online, which I um, which why I don't know why why would you do that? It's just something I've been. Do you think do you think they waited all this time? 
They're <laughs> they're listening to these as they come there out. There is someone out there. They waited this whole time. Who is like, let's read along <laughs> with the voice on the, the music box. You are our favorite person right now. That one person this who's is for who's you, not a along. person. No, it's one person it's in one. my brain. It's one. I mean, if we have over 20,000 listens and over 600 subscribers, it's definitely, you know, yeah. um, that's a humble brag. Um, then, yeah, there's at least one yeah. person. With 800 who, listeners. Who and has listened to one of our stories yeah. and read it at the same time. We have 20 million subscribers. I mean, like, there's going to be someone. So that's um, off by a couple decimals. So let's start with, uh, <laughs> this is Baraska. Uh, the part, f- it's part five, but we're on chapter 16 and um do, do you want to start i started last time uh, let, yeah let's do i want to force it on you let's do it chapter 16 there's a lot to think about when you're walking towards your end but instead of the existential bullshit i expected my mind wandered in and out of the past i reveled in memories i'd been unable to conjure for a decade of my family as we were and as my childhood friends it was not something i wanted to forget again Finding the mine wasn't hard. <laughs> I simply followed the road we had turned onto the day before. I had to go off trail a few times, but I knew the map well. Recalling details came so easily to me now. Still, as much as I hated to admit it, I didn't want to die sober. I wondered how much it would hurt. If he shot me in the head, not a lot, I thought. At least that was something to hope for. I want to interject real quick. Mm-hmm. Make a fun segment called Things That uh, Django Remembers As He Remembers Them. Yes. Number one. This is good. Uh, he's clean now. He's sober. Our boy's clean. That's cool. He got cleaned up on the mountain. He has a box. Me thinks there's drugs inside, but maybe he's kicked the habit. It's a bow. I was wearing six layers of clothing, but frozen to the core by the time the sun turned turned the sky a murky gray. The cigarettes were gone, and I had been jonesing for another for the past hour and a half. I needed more time, but I knew I was almost there. I left the trail I'd been on to make one more shortcut along the river, and within 20 minutes I could see the edge of the mining camp. The sheriff must have been tracking me because he was already standing in the large clearing facing my direction, surrounded by nine of his men and a smirking Jimmy Prescott. Jesus. Jimmy was standing a few feet behind my father, smoking a cigarette and watching me as I approached. He winked. <laughs> Jimmy just pulls out a pistol, shoots the dad in the back of the head. Well, that was simple. That was easy. <laughs> he, like, presses the stable button. The stable button. button, he's got it. Before I knew they were behind me, two deputies still in uniform grabbed my arms, pinned them to my sides, and dragged me the last few yards into camp. He's not too good at this stealth this stealth mission, <laughs> the Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> it was then that I realized I had a pretty shitty approach to this whole stealth thing. <laughs> they dumped me at the sheriff's feet, and he looked down at me in disgust. I forgot why I was here. <laughs> Thirteen. Thirteen men and one bullet. I couldn't believe it all came down to the lies and whims of Jimmy fucking Prescott. I stood up, noting all the guns suddenly drawn on me in response, and looked at the sheriff eye to eye. I was sickened to realize that we were almost identical in every way. His hair was the same dark brown color as mine and touched by age. The skin on his face boasted only a few light creases, and my terrible lifestyle and weathered features somehow matched his older age. I wonder, how had Kimber stomached my face every day without turning away in disgust? Hello, Graham. I s- okay, I have another question. I'm so sorry. Isn't his sheriff like his dad? It's his dad. He refuses to call him dad. I think it's a little trite, but, okay. you know, but it, is, it is his dad. That was the same dad he had in the first part, right? That was, Correct. Okay, same guy. The mom is dead. 
Mom's dad, same guy. Dad is fucking his high school crush, Emmeline, who has filled him in on right. stuff from the last part. Right, right, right. Okay. Hello, Hello Graham. Graham Cracker. <laughs> I Looking <said>. tasty tonight. <laughs> It's fat. Might even put some chocolate and some marshmallows on you. Into the Graham. snow between us. We can't go back. There's not enough time. We can't go back. You're a goddamn disgrace, Graham. Shut the fuck up, the sheriff said. Greg, teach my son some respect. I didn't bother to defend myself, and I wouldn't have had the time anyway. Greg knocked me back into the snow before I could even blink. His fuck Greg, it's Greg. 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 It's kind of Greg. Greg. That's all I gotta say. His fist split my cheek open under my left eye, and I didn't rush to get up from the cold, numbing snow that was now pressed against my face. It was in that moment that I felt Baraska all around me again. It was as deafening as the last time. I could sense it in the air. The fear, the suffering, and the pain. And I could almost hear them whispering through the walls like they had ten years before. Help me. Please. Help me or kill me. But don't leave me here. Jesus. The building in the sheriff's back was most surely the dorm. I tried to sound, like, really raped and really pregnant. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, if anything, because <laughs> I'm neither of those things. It was larger than the other one, but radiated the same aura of agony and death. Now listen the fuck up, Samuel. This little charade of yours ends today. It appears you actually believe a woman and a drug addict could single-handedly dismantle a business this size, so you must be fucking stupid. And that makes me feel sorry for you. So why don't you just hand over the gun and go back to the ghetto you crawled out of? I pushed myself to my knees. No. No? Are you dog shit insane, son? You broke into my house, destroyed pictures of my daughter, and beat my wife. You're lucky you're still alive. I've killed children for less. And looking at him now, I didn't doubt it. You need to die. Well then, by all means, take your shot. The sheriff swept out his arms mockingly. We know you only have a round or two left, because yesterday we heard you were 15 shots into the fucking trees. His deputies laughed, but the sheriff remained sober. Just remember, boy, your aim better be true, because when you come at the king, you better not miss. I fell onto my arms as my lungs erupted into a sudden coughing fit. Even if I could escape after the sheriff was dead, my lungs wouldn't hold up. I was fucked. I knew it, the sheriff knew it, and his men knew it. And while the sheriff's gun hadn't left his holster, all but Jimmy Prescott had weapons trained on my chest and head. If I even reached into my jacket, I'd be shot. Or... The sheriff continued. You could use the sense you were born with and go home. Hell, I'll even have Dreddy drop off more heroin before you get there. You've run me up quite a tab with that boy over the years. My dad is my fucking supplier. How stupid was I? Fuck, I couldn't even remember the last time I paid for drugs. He'd been keeping me harmless and docile for years, and I let him do it. Who the fuck was this person that I had once loved most of my life? By the way, Dreddy is Mario Andretti? Yeah, it's Mario. The... That's who's dealing. I don't know who that is. He's I an know NAS- the name. He's an NASCAR boy. He's a, he's a I racy knew boy. he was a driver. Yeah, he's a racy boy. He's a That's driver. It. That's all. He's a racy boy. He'll, yeah, so he'll drop you off. It makes sense. He has a car. It hurts. It hurts, but it'll pick you up. 
H, this story hurts. Hawaii.com. In a different now, context. I have questions you have to answer. I told him through the burning in my throat. Now, that's where you're wrong, Sammy. I don't have to do anything ever. Why did you hurt Whitney? The sheriff yanked his gun out of his holster and then crossed his arms in front of him, pointing at the ground. The only thing I did to Whitney was avenge her death. No, you raped her. The sheriff stepped forward and cracked me across the face so hard with his pistol I felt bones snap in my nose. I fell back into the snow and before my vision had even cleared he snapped one of my ribs with the toe of his boot. I lay curled on my side for a few seconds while the pain radiated from my chest to my spine and scattered to every nerve in my body. I really wish I had some H. If I were high enough, death would feel like a glorious footnote. When the pain was verging unmanageable, I rolled over and got up on my hands and knees, splitting blood into the snow. I raised my head to look up at my father. He was still standing above me, fist clenching the butt of his gun and a red rage spread across his face. Bit of a sore spot, I coughed. Don't you ever say anything so filthy about your sister ever again, or I will shove my gun up under that ballistic vest and shoot you in the fucking gut. I needed him angry, but not angry enough to kill me. Not yet. What happened to my mother? I grimaced, speaking hurt. The sheriff stepped back and smiled, his composure regained. What a woman she was. But I'm afraid she died in a freak accident some years ago. I don't believe you, I said and sat back on my knees, struggling to breathe. Slow breaths. Get the air in, don't pass out. I don't give a shit if you believe me. This conversation is getting boring. This isn't a fucking Q&A. You had your chance to leave and instead you decided to say disgusting things about your sister. Was I wrong? You were talking about things you know nothing about. I loved Whitney. You're a fucking monster. Is that any way to talk to your father? You know, I think Grig needs to teach you some more fucking respect. Fuck you. I know what you did to Kimber. Oh, yeah? Would you rather it had been someone she didn't know? Someone that disgusted her, like that geriatric fuck Clary or Prescott over here? He jabbed the thumb back at Jimmy. I would have rather it had been no one, I screamed at him. Bloody split, flying across the space between and landing on his jacket. He backhanded me, but this time I didn't fall. You watch your tone with me, boy. It's bad enough that my men are here to see what a fucking joke my own son has become. It's fucking embarrassing. Then send them inside. Let's talk just you and me. You think I'm scared of you, Sammy? I don't even think you have two bullets. I think you've got one, and I think you want to use it on me. Well, go ahead, son. Pull that gun on me so I can kill you nice and legal. Not until I know why you did this. You were my dad. I loved you. <laughs> he laughed. You don't look like any son of mine. But more importantly, you were a cop. You were supposed to protect people. No, Sammy. I'm a businessman. Always have been. Even back then. Why the fuck do you think we came to Drisking in the first place? I remembered. I hadn't understood it at that young age, but I knew now what the whispers had meant. Because of those girls, and the things they said you did. Exactly. I was making money. They were getting laid. They were 14, I growled. 
14 is older than you think, Sam, and it's not like I touched them. So this is what you wanted all along? A great big rape empire? The sheriff shrugged. If that's what it takes, I'm only here for the power and the women. I'm an alpha, Sam. That's why I can't figure out what the fuck happened to you. You've got the blood of kings running through your veins and you fill them with tar. That shit is for the fucking women, but I have to send it out to your handler every month. My only son is a white trash drug addict. How do you think that makes me feel? This should be your birthright and you're too weak to take it. Give me more credit. I'm stronger than you think. Strong enough to take a bullet to the head and live through it? He left. Are you? The sheriff's expression darkened. Sam, you. Oi, boss! <coughs> Look what I caught lurking around! <laughs> I had to. The whole it's police written, It's written that way. It's also They're like goblins. Now they're like goblins. The writing's upside down. So no, that means orcs. that means they're supposed to be Australian. No, they're, they're like orcs straight from <laughs> straight from Mordor. Oh I blush, look what I can around. Fifteen. Fifteen men. Two men I hadn't seen previously came around the side of the door and pushing a woman in front of them. Kimber. I breathed. But the sheriff knew who she was. I I'm sorry, Sam, they they well. The sheriff drew out the word. Well... I cut him off. <laughs> I heard you turned into a looker, but I'd yet to confirm it for myself. Hello again, sweetheart. The sheriff walked over to Kimber and ran his fingers along the side of her face. Ooh. She recoiled at his touch. Don't you fucking touch her! I screamed and scrambled back to my feet. Greg shoved the barrel of his gun into the back of my head. Shoot the fuck down. You warned. Watch your temper, Sammy. The sheriff chided. You fucking this wild filly? That's my boy. At least I know you didn't turn homo in prison. Stay away from her, you fucking pervert. Blood was rushing in my ears, and the rage in me was deafening. Sam, stop. Kimber screamed. Just stop or he'll kill you. The sheriff looked back to Nana Grigg, who cracked stars in the back of my head with his fist. Manners, Sam. That's not how you talk in front of a lady. I've had enough goddamn disrespect from you. This is your last fucking warning. The sheriff turned to Kimber and yanked her hair towards him so that their faces were almost touching. She writhed against the man behind her, holding her arms. Soon, princess. We'll catch up soon. The sheriff let go of Kimber's hair and walked back to stand in front of me. Where were we? Let Kimber go. You let her go. And I'll do anything you want. Oh, really? Anything? Yes. Just let her go. Anything? Anything? <laughs> anything for you? What? Would you leave here and never come back? Yes. Would you stay and help me run my business? Also, yes. Would you go inside right now and fuck one of our girls? Yes. Please don't call that fucking bluff. No, Sam. Kimber yelled. Richards, would you shut her the fuck up? The sheriff asked. I heard a sickening thud, but couldn't see through the blood running into my eyes from the spit on my forehead. Kimber gasped. Now then. The sheriff continued. How about Phoebe Dranger? If I recall, she was a raging cunt to you in high school. Why don't you go in there and take some vengeance for yourself? I'm sure she'd love it. I don't... Uh, she's not really my type. Oh. I guess Kimber DeStaro is more your type, isn't she? 
No. I said quickly. No, somebody else. Anybody else. What a fucking... Oh, shit. This is Jimmy Prescott. Well, you can still take him. <laughs> um, you do Jimmy better than I do. I don't remember how I did Jimmy. What a fucking pussy. <laughs> Jimmy Prescott laughed. Look, this family reunion has been real sweet and all, but we got investors coming into town today and a lot of fucking shit to do before they get here. <laughs> Plus, it's early as balls, and I need more fucking coffee. Can we just kill this little prick and get on with our day? The sheriff shot Jimmy in an annoying Jimmy's, look. Jimmy's my favorite. Jimmy's which is why you have to read him. <laughs> sheriff shot Jimmy an annoyed look. Do I look like I need to be fucking entertained right now? Did I tell my monkey to dance? No, I fucking didn't. So shut the fuck up, monkey. Jimmy shrugged, took a sip of coffee. Actually, Jimmy, on second thought, take the girl inside and find her a new home. The sheriff said. Make yourself fucking useful. No, 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 no. You can't take her in there. I begged. Please, I'll do anything. Just don't make her go in there. The sheriff turned around to give me a disgusted look and shook his head in disappointment. Then, without even turning to look at her, the sheriff shot Kimber in the... <laughs> okay. Then, without even turning to look at her... The sheriff shot Kimber in the chest where she stood, and she fell over into the snow without making a sound. Okay. Well, he didn't. There's a twist. He didn't, though. He didn't take her inside. He did not take her inside, so he kept his promise. I'm under the assumption that maybe she's the one wearing the vest, and if she plays dead, uh, she might get a shot off at the sheriff. Oh. If Ooh. no one expects her... Uh, okay. <laughs> you, you seem unimpressed. I kind of like. I didn't expect him to shoot her. I think it's gonna be Kyle. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Kyle's comatose somewhere. <laughs> you really think Kyle's gonna die sex machina this who's, shit? Who's Come riding the, in on a horse who's or something. Who's the sandwich woman? <laughs> well, no. She. she Mara. Had, Mara. Yeah, she had a. She had a kid. God damn. She's what? evil. She's evil. She. I don't she know. Gave in and got a kid. She got one of Nebraska babies. Yeah, you're right. Because she was, she had empty she nest. In, she was in town, and he ran up and he was like, "This is my nephew. This is my fucking kid. Like, you need to give me the kid." That was the part, part five. Right. Okay. Chapter seventeen. Ah, uh, quit your yelling. I tried to warn you, Sammy. The sheriff said through the echoes of the shot still resonating through the camp. I dropped to my knees and screamed into the snow until I had burst every capillary in my face. Jesus Christ, son. The sheriff said in disgust. Enough theatrics. I didn't even act like this when your mother died. You killed her! I screamed at him. You murdered her! He shrugged. I killed a lot of people. Although I must say, I do regret that I'm not going to get a turn with her again. Usually I don't like redheads, but there was something about her. Like father, like son, I guess. He laughed. I told her not to come. I told her not to come, I mumbled, barely coherent. Shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up, I screamed at him. Greg took a step toward me, but my father stopped him with a hand. Let him throw his tantrum. He did the same thing when I took away his toys as a kid. This ain't no different. Richards stepped over Kimber's lifeless body and exchanged a few quiet words with the sheriff. I couldn't hear them over the dry heaving of my stomach, which didn't stop until my abdominal muscles ached from the force of them. Richards just had an interesting idea. You're in for a real treat, Sam. Get him up, the sheriff said to the men behind me. They hauled me to my feet and shoved me in the direction of my father. I stumbled, but didn't fall. We don't use it too much anymore on account of the noise, but how about we throw your girlfriend's body into the shiny gentleman and scatter her bone fragments all over the mountain? He slapped me on the back. That way she can be here at the mine for all eternity. I bet you'd like that. 
I was shaking so violently, I could barely wipe the blood out of my eyes. No. I sat and fell back down onto my knees in the snow. No? Are you sure? He asked. I could hear the smile in his voice. No. No, please. My voice broke over the words. <laughs> please. The sheriff's smile fell into a look of distaste. Don't beg. He spat. It makes you look weak. Get off your fucking knees. Please don't touch her, I continued. You know what your problem is, Sam? You're not man enough to take what you want. You're not strong enough to say, fuck what's polite, fuck the consequences, fuck the law. You're a fucking cop! See, now there's a bit of spirit. Sometimes in life, you just have to claim what should be yours. That's what society's built on. Now, our operation may not work within the laws of the land, but we sure as hell work within the government. But Whitney, look what it did to her, this place. I gotta warn you again, boy. Keep my daughter's name out your mouth. Which daughter? The sheriff sneered. What can I say? Whitney is a beautiful name. It's sick. You're sick. You need help. I have help. Look around you, Sammy. He gestured to the 14 men standing in a half circle around me. I am a sultan. These are my governors, and that is my harem. Go fuck yourself. He sighed. I'm starting to think you're not going to come around, Sam. I will never be a part of this, and I will never stop trying to kill you. Well, I'm real sorry to hear that. That's a pity. Looks like we're going to have to break you in like a horse. I kind of wish I'd left the Destaro girl alive now. Fuck you, I spat into the snow. You say another fucking word like that to me, and I'm going to execute you right here on your fucking knees. The sheriff's men seemed to lean in, smelling blood in the water, and I knew this was it. If you wanted me dead, you would have already shot me. Are you sure about that? The sheriff asked and leveled his gun at my forehead. Why don't you pull that gun on me and find out? Oh, I'm sure about that. You need me. Through the sea of your bullshit, I see the truth. It's a pride thing. You want your son taking over your business. You want another walker in charge. The sheriff's mouth spread into a wide smile, but he didn't lower his gun. I can make another son. You could... But you want me. You want to break me. You want to mold me into you. Because that way, you win. Oh, I've already won, Sam. No, I have. You're a slave to your own fucking hubris. I can say and do whatever I want, and your pride won't allow you to kill me. Maybe not. The sheriff shrugged and dropped the barrel of his gun to my chest. But I can break your ribs with this fucking bullet. I heard the shot but didn't feel it enter my body. I instinctively put my hands over the entry wound on my chest. I didn't even have to feel it to know it was there. Sound was pulsating in and out of my ears in time to deceptively calm heartbeat, but through the waves of sound and silence, I could hear them all laughing. Hurts like a fucking bitch, doesn't it? The sheriff laughed. A shot to ballistic vest hurts a hell of a lot more than a kick with a steel-toed boot. But of course your ribs were already broken, so that must really sting. I knew I was going into shock. I pulled my hands away from my jacket and saw that they were covered in thick, warm blood. The laughing died immediately and the sheriff took a step in my direction. What the hell? Fuck you. By the time he put it all together and looked over at Kimber, Kimber was already standing where they'd left her discarded in the snow. She was staring at the sheriff down the sights of the Beretta, and before anyone could react, Kimber squeezed the trigger and killed her monster. The bullet went through the sheriff's eye and out the back of his head, where it buried itself in the wood of the building behind him. 
Before his body even hit the ground, guns were pulled from every side and the men loyal to money had taken control of the men loyal to fear. Jimmy Prescott had somehow come through. Holy fucking shit, kid. You did it. Prescott said, taking a sip of coffee and stepping over my father's body. I mean, I think that wound is probably fatal, but, you know, don't let that take away from your accomplishment. Hell, I'll even name a wing after you. He gestured to the dorm behind him. Take the gun off of Kimber. I demanded. I knew I didn't have much time to play my trump card. Ortiz, what the fuck? Jimmy said. Quit pointing that shit at the hero of the day. The man closest to Kimber lowered his gun. She doubled over then, clearly in enough pain of her own. Broken bones. Jimmy nodded, reading the thoughts on my face. Your daddy shot her with a 357, which, well, you know, he shot you too. It's a pretty big bullet. She might actually be bleeding, but she'll be fine. You, on the other hand. I strained against the darkness. I needed to tell Jimmy something. What was it? Oh, yeah. My insurance policy to make sure Kimber left this place alive. So you talked all that shit and you weren't even armed? You had nothing on you? You sure you don't want to come work with me? I did. (coughs) I did have something on me. Oh yeah? What's that? This. I pulled out a small remote control and dropped it in the snow in front of me. And Jimmy laughed. What the fuck is that? It's a remote. For the video cameras. What the fuck are you talking about, kid? What video cameras? For the first time since I'd met him, Jimmy looked rattled. Those video cameras. I pointed up into the trees where a dozen small cameras blended into the dark branches, their blinking red lights all but invisible. I need to stop the bleeding, I wheezed. Are you fucking kidding me, you shit-eating donkey cunt? Are you fucking joking? You better be joking because I will put the bullet in your head that your daddy couldn't. He raised a gun to my face but seemed conflicted. If he believed me about the cameras, I knew he couldn't shoot me. It all came down to my ability to bullshit. I'll just take those cameras down and break them like they were never there. He said and cocked his gun he was holding to my face. (laughs) They're on a live feed, asshole. Jimmy's face twitched a few times before he lost it and hurled his cup of coffee at the building behind him. Jimmy shouted. Fuck you! The video is streaming back to a laptop in Chicago. It's over. Jimmy's men looked uneasily at one another. Uh, fuck these? (laughs) Grig said finally and dropped the gun he was using to hold one of my dad's men hostage. They scattered like roaches to all sides of the camp, starting their trucks and speeding down off the mountain. Jimmy was already on the phone with someone as he dug into his pocket for his keys. Delete it. All of it. Get it off the DHS internet and make sure it's gone for for fucking ever. He paused. I don't give a shit where you are. We need a database gone now. Like it never fucking existed. No, fuck the fucking backups. Delete it all. Jimmy threw his phone on the ground and shot it four times with his gun. (laughs) He ran to a nearby truck and ripped the door open. Prescott. I shouted hoarsely. Jimmy paused before he slammed the door and glared at me. Kyle. Kyle Landy. Was all that bullshit? Jimmy's glare contorted into a bitter smile. Where is he? Where's Kyle? You fuckers will believe anything. He sneered before he slammed his car door and sped off down the mountain. The last of my energy expended, I fell forward in the snow with my back to the sheriff's body. 
I could see a mess of Kimber's red curls over the top of my arm, but she was so far away. Kimber. <laughs> I gasped through the blood in my mouth, but she didn't stir. With my strength running out like sand in a hourglass, I pulled my phone from my jacket and dialed Seth's number. He answered on the first ring. Tell me. It worked. She's alive. I'm alive. The high school. Those sick fuckers host all the records on the school servers. Drisking High. Drisking High, got it. Can you get in? Yeah, I'm working on it. That database is going to be locked down and secure as fuck, but like I said the other day, I'm pretty good at what I do. I don't know what the file will be called. I muttered and dropped the phone down next to me where it sunk into the snow. I faded in and out for a few minutes trying to hold on. Numa, numa, numa. I got it. I just looked for the most buried shit on the server. They're scrubbing it fast, man, but I got it. They definitely know I'm here, though. I felt myself pulling away from my body. Fuck me, there's some serious heavy hitters in here. I can't believe they kept it on a school server. What fucking assholes? I can barely hear Seth anymore. Hey, you okay, bro? Sam? And then I was alone. Chapter 18. God damn. Seth is in his immersion pod right now. <laughs> he has his legs up and his arms up. I'm in. <laughs> he did it. He He's did, doing it all with his he mind. He did the thing that I said. And I, the same joke happened again. He did. Again. The same joke happened again, and it also pushed the uh, pushed the page back again, like I thought, like it did last time. The I made fake, joke. the fake acting. Yeah, yeah. The clock read. You got to put some like uh, some like crazy like surreal music over this. Yeah, great. The clock read 1.32 a.m. I turned the car on again. Do you listen to the show? Do you know anything about the show that, yeah. we, uh, that we do? Yeah. You know I have music playing over the entire Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta change it for this chapter. Maybe not. No, but do it. Continue. <laughs> no, but do it. The clock read 1.32 a.m. I turned the car on again. Kimber muttered her approval and laid her face next to the heater. She gently banged her forehead against the dashboard. We're getting fucking nowhere, she said, and she was right. We'd been arguing for hours and still agreed on nothing. The mission was suicide no matter how we went about it, so we were really just arguing how many of us should die and in what order. They're going to kill you if they see you, period. Those guys have no reason to let you live. Yeah, I'm not arguing that, but how are you going to shoot anybody when you have one bullet and they know you're coming anyway? And they know about the bulletproof vest. And they know about the bulletproof vest. Making it absolutely worthless. Yeah. I leaned my head back against the headrest and closed my eyes. I just wanted to sleep. We'd need more time. At least another day. If we don't come to them in the morning, they'll come to us. And kill us either way. Right, we're dead in every scenario. Hmm. Kimber suddenly sat up. Unless... I turned my head to look at her through one eye. Unless what? Unless we do something stupid. Oh, Kimber, that ship has fucking sailed. No, listen, I'm serious. You wear the vest... And you give me the gun. Split up the vest and the gun. Yeah, they won't expect that. Yeah, because it's fucking stupid. As soon as one of us pulls out the gun, they're going to get shot. So if that's the plan, I'd rather you wear the vest. But I need the gun. Then wear both. No, that's... That's... It, well, actually, that's pretty br brilliant. She finished. I gave her a dubious look. What are you thinking? Hear me out, I'm going to get shot either way, and that actually puts us at an advantage. Let him shoot me, and then once they've forgotten about me, and they're not paying attention to me anymore, I'll shoot him. 
Well, you're banking on the fact they don't search us when we get to Baraska. Yeah. And they won't just shoot you in the head. Granted. And also that they'll shoot you at all. I mean, they could just, like, keep you there. Okay. And finally, that Jimmy will, or even can, take control of the situation like he promised. Okay, all acceptable risks. She smiled. You're high, Kimber. I'm fucking not, but are you? Because for this to work, I'm gonna need you to streep the shit out of this. <laughs> I wish. Kimber raised an eyebrow. That package didn't have drugs in it, you know. What? Sorry, but I couldn't tell you at the time. You would have realized that I was going on without you. You're a dick, Sam Walker. So what did you have in it? Yeah, it was a care package from Seth. He sent me video cameras. Why? For what? Remember the night I disappeared with the car for several hours? Yes. I used the directions Jimmy Prescott gave me to find Baraska 2. Please don't call it that. Also, please tell me you're fucking joking. Sorry. And no, I'm not. I couldn't see much or hear anything, but I was there. I know the way. It's the reason we're parked on this road right now. I can't believe you went to Baraska. I can't believe you, Sam. That's madness. Yeah, I realized that too late. And the whole thing took me longer than it should have because I had to be fucking stealthy, which I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a graceful person. And I had to fucking climb trees to Velcro that shit down. And I had to fucking find the place. So holy shit. We're going to have actual footage from the mine. It's brilliant. Not exactly. They're dummy cameras. What does that mean? They're not real? Yeah, they're sold as, like, deterrents. But then... Why would you risk that? Why even bother putting up deterrence? To, you know, deter anyone from murdering me. Oh, god damn it! I really wish they were real. Yeah, me too. But there's no way I could have installed something like that. I mean, they, they do exist. Like, Go, GoPros and shit. Oh, yeah. You <clears throat> totally could have installed something like that. Fuck, if we had film, we wouldn't even need the Baraska records. Seth thinks that if we figure out where the files are, he might be able to get in and download them. So many ifs. So you really want to get shot, huh? I think it's the best plan we've got. Maybe I'll just stumble into camp later than you, you know, get caught. That way they'll assume you have the gun and I was just being careless. Sam? Sam? She was shaking me. I drifted off. Sam, wake up. Wake up. Oh. Chapter 19. Wow. Good afternoon, Mr. Walker. I'm sorry to wake you, but the detectives have been asking to interview you since yesterday. I'm afraid they're very insistent. I tried to focus on the woman standing next to me. Everything was very white. Where am I? Drisking Regional. I'm Dr. Clava. Dr. Bala. Clava. And since you're going to be speaking to two of the rudest men I've ever met, I'm going to up your morphine a smidge. I blinked a few times against the bright lights that stung my eyes. No, 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 no morphine. Please take me off of it. Are you sure? You'll be in a bit of pain if I do that. She said as she walked over to the IV drip. Yeah, turn it off. Where's Kimber? How is she doing? Also, how am I not dead? I'm not Kimber's doctor, so I'm not sure who you're talking about. As for your survival, you owe that to a rather skilled surgeon on staff here. I could already feel the pain radiating from my chest below my heart. Is there any way you could make it any darker in here? Absolutely. She replied as she walked to the door and turned down the lights. Good luck. 
A nurse will be by later to check on you. I didn't recognize the two men who pushed past Dr. Clava in the doorway. They were serious-looking men with the dry air of immediacy about them. Sam Walker. My name is Agent Grant. This is Special Agent Tripping. We're with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. How are you feeling? I'm fine. My voice sounded strained, and I tried to sit up. When it was clear I wasn't going to make it, Agent Grant grabbed my arm to steady me and pointed to a remote control at the edge of the bed. I held the raise button until the bed sat me up level with the two men. We're here because you were found unconscious and near death at a crime scene, along with a 27-year-old woman and the corpse of the county sheriff. Grant continued. Sounds about right. I rubbed my face, winced as I brushed my nose. They had set the bones, but it was all still very tender. I didn't even want to see my chest. Can you comment on the events that led you to that location? Agent Grant asked. Trapine remained silent. Sure, I'd fucking love to. But first, I really need to know where Kimber is. She's in federal custody, giving her own statement. And what happened to all the women at the... At the mine? The people who were imprisoned there? The victims have all been removed from the scene. And why are you only talking to me now? I tried to contact the feds for years about Baraska. Is that the local name for this trafficking group? Sort of. I winced at the stab of pain that ricocheted from my spine to my ribs. We don't have any record of you contacting the FBI at any time. Yeah, well, I did. And that will be addressed. An internal investigation has been opened due to the, shall we say, sensitive information leaked by the press on Wednesday evening. Oh, yeah? (coughs) Did they receive some sort of press packet? Do you know something about that? Trapine finally spoke. I know nothing about that, but I do know a lot about everything else. I wanted to laugh. This was ludicrous. I was alive, the sheriff was dead, Braska was gone, and everybody associated with it was going down. It was almost everything Kimber had wished for. It couldn't be really happening. The detectives pulled two chairs that were set back along the wall up to the bed. Do you mind if we record you? Fuck no. I want all of this on record. Alright. Grant started setting a recorder onto the bed next to my leg. Tell us about your father. I'm gonna write very quick, short chapters to just fucking end this. (laughs) Chapter 20. I stood outside one of the massive tents the feds had erected on the tarmac. Erected. uh, Had penised on the tarmac of Driskin's small airport. Perfect. Correction. It was old, crumbling, and abandoned, but it was still erected. Granted promised Kimber to me within the hour, and I had nervously smoked a cigarette in the cold while waiting outside the giant tent. They told me they needed to hold her longer than me because Kimber had admitted to killing a law enforcement officer. Granted, the prosecutor would almost certainly decline to press charges due to the circumstances rapidly coming to light, but still, it was early days and the waters were murky. We'd no longer be in custody, but we weren't allowed to leave town either. I pulled my jacket tighter as the wind cut down the thoroughfares and alleyways of the sprawling, erected tent city, or as Grant referred to it as Central Ops. Special Agent Trippine had given me the thick brown duster I was currently wearing, since my own jacket had been taken in as evidence, which didn't bother me because his coat was warmer anyway. Sam! I turned around just as Kimber jumped on me, wrapping her arms around my back and squeezing tightly. I buckled, grunting in pain, trying not to drop her. Kimber released me immediately. I'm sorry, I I forgot you got shot. Well, you sure fucking reminded me. I winced. Trippine walked up from behind Kimber and nodded at me. You can go. There's a Ford Explorer you can use parked off Draper across from the mobile command unit. Here are the keys. 
don't leave town and don't talk to the media or the locals. In fact, don't talk to anybody. We found the car right where he'd said and climbed in, slamming the doors on the biting wind. You're going to have to drive. I said, I don't think I can make it. Don't they have you on any painkillers? Prescription Tylenol. Oh my god, I want to cry for you. But still, good for you, Sam. She smiled at me and pulled onto the road. Honestly, I can't believe they discharged you from the hospital after only a few days. You got shot in the chest. I'm well aware, but they had to. The hospitals are full. Every hospital within 50 miles and a mobile one for the least severe cases is what I was told. Holy shit. How many women were there at Baraska? You don't know? No, they wouldn't tell me anything. They even took the TV out of the hotel room they helped me in. 132. Kimber gasped. That had been my reaction, too. But there were never that many when I was there. Maybe 60 at most. I guess he wasn't lying. The sheriff really was a businessman. Turn here. Emphasis on the was. Kimber smiled. I couldn't fault her for being happy he was dead. And even though he's my father, I was too. So they didn't tell you anything, huh? The only thing they would tell me is that you were alive, and that's only because I started throwing cutlery at them. <laughs> well, I guess I'll give you the news then. Every major news outlet got a copy of the Nebraska records on Friday, and the files were apparently very detailed. Open investigations were triggered across the map. Fucking A. And they caught everybody that was on payroll, including James Prescott. What? They caught him already? She asked excitedly. Grant said he didn't even last a day. What an asshole. And I've been wanting to tell you that was a beautiful shot you made. Oh, I've made that shot a thousand times. This was the first time that my target was actually in the flesh, though. And hey, congrats on taking a bullet and living through it like a fucking champ. Turn right. Yeah, who knew I would excel at getting shot? I wonder what sort of career I can make out of that. Bullet tester? She was different now. Gone was the anxious, despondent version of her that I had come to know in the last weeks. This was Kimber as I remembered her before her mother died. Happy, unburdened, hopeful. I couldn't believe that I was about to strip it all away from her. But she deserved to know. Take another right up here. Where are we going? You'll see. I'm not sure if I like that at all. At the end of this street, we're looking for house number 445. There. She said and pulled into a spot at the front of a large, gothic-styled house. This place is... off-putting. What is it? It's a group home. A group home? <laughs> what for? I didn't say anything, but watched her carefully. Kimber sobered. I don't... You mean... Her hands, which were tucked back into her sleeves, suddenly covered her mouth as she realized why we were here. Kimber began to shake her head. But Jimmy said I, I, I heard him say... Well, contrary to Jimmy Prescott's last words to me, I don't believe everything everyone says. I took a deep breath. The Landys left town with just about everyone else two days ago. According to Grant, they didn't take their oldest son with them. Just Parker. Kimber continued to stare at the house with her hands over her mouth. She looked like she was about to cry. And Grant ordered Kyle's caretaker to stop giving him his daily meds until they could get a hold of his doctor, who skipped town with the risk of drisking. So... Kyle is inside, and he's been off his medication for... For days. Which means if he has been sedated for all this time, like Jimmy said, he might not be anymore. Kimber coughed into her hands, but it sounded more like a suppressed sob. I put my arm around her. 
That's real coughing. <coughs> Coming back from a sickness and not Kimber. Are you okay? No. <laughs> she pulled her hands away from her mouth and shook them loose over her sleeves, then reached for the key and turned the car off. I'm fine. I'm, I'm ready. Good. Let's go get our fucking boy. We rang the bell in the palatial home and a young woman answered, looking frazzled and annoyed. Hi, we're here to see Kyle Landy, I told her. Landy, are you family? She asked, brushing unkept brown hair back from her face. Yes, we're family. The woman crossed her arms and leaned against the door jam. Kyle's family hasn't visited once in all the years he's been here. Are you sure you're on his authorized visitation list? I doubt it. But we're coming in anyway. Kimber added, mimicking the woman's defiant posture. She sighed and dropped her arms. Fine, I don't care. I'm the only one here. Everybody else has left town because of the scandal. She moved aside and we walked into the foyer. The woman closed the door behind us and gestured up the grand staircase. He's in his room. Second door on the left. We turned to go. Oh, and please remember that he's non-verbal, so don't expect him to talk to you or move or anything. If you want to bring him downstairs, let me know and I'll get the key to the elevator. Fine, thanks. Kimber said to the air behind her as she climbed the stairs. I followed behind more slowly, taking deep, measured breaths. Please, Kyle. Please, please be real. By the time I got to the top of the stairs, Kimber was standing in the open doorway of Kyle's room, as if she couldn't bear to go any further. She was crying softly into her hands, and when she turned and she saw me, she began shaking her head. I can't. I just can't, Sam. I walked over and gave Kimber a hug. It's okay. It's going to be fine, I said into her hair. It took a few moments to mentally prepare before I finally turned around and glanced into the room. Kyle was in his wheelchair, which was facing the bed, and he was staring straight ahead at the swirling oak of the wall in front of him. He didn't react to our voices or move in the slightest. I couldn't even be sure he was blinking. I released Kimber and walked slowly into the room. I sat down on the edge of the bed in front of Kyle to study him. His injuries had all healed, other than his nose, which remained out of place and broken. He was wearing flannel plant... He was wearing flannel plants and a nondescript white t-shirt and socks. Look at my plants. His hair was long, and a red beard covered the bottom half of his face. His eyes were fixed over my shoulder, lazily settled on the wall behind me. Kyle, I said as I moved into his line of vision, it's Sam. He blinked. Kyle's eyes seemed to try and focus on me, but when I moved, they didn't follow. I could see there was no one behind them, but I couldn't accept it. Not after all we've been through. Kyle, please fucking tell me you're in there, I begged. But there was nothing to show that he understood. His eyes glazed over, and I knew that what remained of Kyle was only the barest of brain functions. Fuck! Kimber was now openly sobbing. Stop. Sam, stop. I worked to get a hold of myself. Over the last two days, I had convinced myself that there was more to Kyle than I had been led to believe the last times I'd seen him. I needed him to be more than the soulless vegetable I left behind, but being confronted with the human shell in front of me made the truth hurt even more. I stood up from the bed and walked over to the window to watch the snow fall outside, a new powder to cover this place. We had come so far, but not far enough. We won in almost every conceivable way on the barest of odds, but it still wasn't enough. I wanted Kyle back, too. I wanted to be whole. I heard Kimber leave the doorway and turn to her turned to watch her sit in front of Kyle. She took his limp hands in her hers and she held them while she softly told him that she had missed him and that she loved him. Then she laid her head on his lap and continued to whisper, whisper to Kyle through her tears. They turned back to watch the snowfall. 
And then I heard a voice that hadn't spoken since the day it had told Jimmy Prescott to go fuck himself ten years before on the now silent mountain. Kimber. Not everyone can come back. No, I, I absolutely would have preferred it if it just ended with him, you know, being a vegetable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it, dumb. The, 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 the twist of her getting shot and the revelation that it was a setup, cool. I, I saw, like, I put that together a second yeah, too did. late. I was pleasantly surprised with that. And then they just plateaued. They just neatly tied everything up with a bow and everything's happy and pretty much our our initial fear coming into part yep. 5 where we said happily ever after happily ever after walking is, in the is sunset the best is the worst sorry worst wrong adjective worst fucking way to 5 end. years on Kimber Kyle Sam and Seth get called by MI6 and they say hey listen you guys are the best goddamn adventurers and Seth says i know i've been monitoring you monitoring and, me and Kimber pulls up the dead body of the villain and goes, we already killed him. He's already the, dead. He's already dead. And Kyle, in his wheelchair, is like, <laughs> is like uh, fucking Professor X, and he's using like, telekinesis <laughs> to like literally just deconstruct the person. Uh. And he's like, I read his mind already. He has stored all the slaves <laughs> from Baraska 4 into the deep mines of India. <laughs> you will find them... Yeah, fuck. And then they say, God save the queen. And Sam says, you mean me? And he pulls out a scroll and it says, and it says I am, I am queen the queen. Now. <laughs> Not I am the queen now. <laughs> and I will show you the way. <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to give it the same reaction I gave Midsummer, which is thanks. I hated it. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where... I definitely would not have written any of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And the fact that I read it is not bad. It was, it was, <laughs> so it. <laughs> I would not call this a waste of time. <laughs> I have to, as a podcaster and as your host, have to say. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this, and I'm sure there are people out there who are calling us negative Nancy. I'm sure there who, are who are happy with this ending. Are plenty of 14 year old girl listeners who are like this story was very great. happy with this yeah. ending. And I get v- that. Yes, I understand. And they hold on to their Applejack, My Little Pony mm-hmm. stuffed animal. Um, so do the guy listeners. They hold on to those yep. too. Yep. And they look off and out their window at the light snowfall of whenever this episode's released yep. five months from now. Um, which is a joke because it's going to be released <laughs> next week. It's August. Um, and, they sip um, their mics hard and they say, they sip their mics hard. And, I think it was actually a, a nice story. I get that. His name is Mike and he's actually hard. They, um, <laughs> from having listened to the story is what we're trying to Mike say. Mike is a brony. Mike is hard. And he's hard. And the story. So here, what made Baraska good from the get-go was the just the basic idea that there was a fable there was a system we didn't understand right the mountains would howl people would talk about skinned men abducting children oh my god do you guys remember the happy days of the treehouse 
We had yeah, a treehouse tree. that we didn't understand, the like, what tree, was the deal the with the treehouse. of the triple tree. Those which days. Is like the, which is like the cover of the book, mind you. Those like, days that's were that's the cover of the book. Yeah. Um, like, he he put that out there, and, and we ate it up. That was and, great. And, you know, what I, what I wanted to lead into was saying, I'm reading Spire in the Woods right now. Um, news flash to everyone else that, like, I think the next episode, I think 135 is literally us starting Spire in the Woods with Tenron Otrin, and it is one of those things that is so fucking good Yeah, that I am giddy to read more of it. That's cool. And essentially it's about teens with a fable, and it deals with the woods. Baraska, the reason I bring it up is because Baraska started the same way as Spire Teens, in the Woods. Fable Woods. But, but Spire in the Woods, for some reason, is just so much more fucking compelling. Yeah. And the way it has continued with its mystery, it doesn't give up the ghost. Right. It is not. It is not pulling back the mask and saying, oh, it was just old man Jenkins. Right. And he sits there and says, you meddling kids. Right. Like and the, then they shoot That him. is what Baraska did. Yeah. Baraska is like the Scooby-Doo bullshit of creepy pasta. It is very scooby Yeah. I, I hope people are excited about Spire in the Woods. If if I'm gonna tell you to listen to anything, I hope it's Spire in the Woods. Um cool. it is just compelling. If there's a word for it, it's com- it's him- it's like hypnotic. Um the fairy tale they tell is creepy. The kind of Cthulhu madness effect it has on the people is haunting. Um the mystery, it's about kids in high school, literally with a mystery of a dead kid, um, and the things they're piecing together by talking to each other, and things they're finding in his room is almost reminiscent of, like, Marble Hornets. Like, imagine Marble Hornets was about um, a kid coming up dead, and then everyone stumbles upon Slenderman. That is very much the effect of, like, the bells of uh, uh, the spire in the woods. Sure. Um and the and the fairy tale they tell at the beginning of the story or halfway through the part the first episode that you guys are going to hear is the most haunting part of all and i it, it is one of those things that's like just stuck in my mind and n- none of baraska had that i mean baraska had the mystery i i thought skinned men was just a little too implausible yeah um I told myself if there are men walking around without skin in a cold mountain town, then all a kid would have to do is, like, poke them, and they would be like, ow. <laughs> like, fuck, I, ow, that hurt. I don't have skin. Right. Um, th- good call back to the shiny gentleman. That gave me a laugh. Yeah, that was the, right. The, da- the dad was like, we don't use it anymore because it's fucking stupid, but, like, <laughs> hey... Which this is what plot, which this is plot what device said. might come back when we finished part four. I was like, that was like, this is, is fucking dumb. dumb. <laughs> yeah, so dumb. you were like, there's a giant metal blender. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? Why? Why? A wood chipper? A wood chipper? For and they throw the babies down there. I don't know. Words. Even like Braska itself is again not at real story standards, obviously, but it's competently written the dialogue is not as horrendous as a lot of these we laughed at the alpha bullshit like oh my god it it was grating some of it was grating this this part specifically like i even at the end was just like pander 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 (laughs) like no like there were some parts in the sheriff's dialogue and some uh some just clear 
notes on how it ended where I was just like, this guy's done. This guy was done. You know, the, the, the minute, sheriff the, was the, minute like, the sheriff was shot, he was done. The, he was like 0.5 dimensional. Oh, oh, he, he, will, yeah. Like, he loves, let's think he's back alpha. To, let's think back to the dad we had in, in like part one and two, right. who was just like a normal guy. Like he like, just decided to make the dad a bad guy for, for this series. Right. Kind that, of normal. That is not the continuation of, and, and now I think the one, the, the one most confusing part is, did the dad actually rape his daughter? Yes. You still think so? Yeah. For the same reasons he said Kimber was raped. I by him? still a hundred because he didn't want Jimmy and he didn't want Clary doing it. I still miss that. Sp- I literally my my memory of the story is so bad. I missed that story beat when we were going through the first time. What happened with Whitney, and like why it was such a big deal. Yeah. But. Uh yeah, because he mentioned something about two Whitneys. Whitneys. I think he has in his mind. Maybe he was saying in his mind, or maybe physically, he has a Whitney that he didn't rape, that is actually his daughter, and he had a Whitney that... You think he compartmentalized I think he did. I think he's over, talking about the same person. It. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe that's just... And and I want to I wanna also say, like, we were pretty sober this episode to not repeat the same mistake of part three, and I think, um... Or part... Was it part, part four? Part four. And I think... Uh, I, I definitely was a lot more susceptible to some things, but it's just the way part four was written that I'm just confused about, I, th- yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it has very little to do with having been high reading that. I think right. there there are some things that are very convoluted on purpose for people to jump to conclusions on. And I think, like, just the fact that Whitney's offspring started with a W like right why do we just believe that at face value there's so much about this story that is lies right so much of this story's foundation is just steeped in lies and falsehoods so why if Jimmy Prescott can lie about Kyle why do we just accept at face value yeah. that some kid comes down from the mountain with a W name and we just assume it was Whitney's kid I thought Whitney was barren I thought Whitney Dude, never even... gave birth to a good child and that's why she was killed. I, I think remember. it's because so here's where I'm going to branch off and say the dad was raping the daughter her entire life and she was killed because she kept giving birth and stillborns maybe from a daughter to a a father okay. like the sure. DNA the DNA is not compatible um the chromosomes are compatible and right. he just keeps like she keeps giving up like dead babies or inferior babies babies that would not get sold. Right. And that's why she gets, you know, old, old yellered. Sure. Um, but for some reason, people jump to the conclusion only because there's a W baby brought down from the mountain um, the day Whitney is killed up on the mountain. Like when when Sam hears the shiny gentleman were up the night he leaves, he knows it's for Whitney because Prescott says as much. Yeah. But. We don't know that, like, she gave birth that night. We don't know anything about that mm-hmm. context. I, I think there's a, there's a lot there's a of lot. stuff there's a lot of about holes. this story that doesn't work. A lot work. of shit I forgot, which is not a also great true. It's been a It's been a long time, and we are able it had, to... It had been a minute. We are able to just distance ourselves from that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been through a lot these last couple months. We... 
arguably between episodes, I'm going to say, 131 um, and 134, there have easily been, like, four months. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we came back into this pretty <clears throat> straight-laced and understanding, and it's still just, like... We didn't need to do a recap because everything before this point was either something we remember or just vanilla bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that it it kind of ended, you know, Christmas present on, you know, Christmas Day kind of like, oh, you... It's the socks I expected. Yeah, I, it just feels like... My mom like, always gets me socks. It, it feels like something socks. he shouldn't have published. <laughs> no, it feels like something that, was, that he wrote like for him. Like, no, there's just something that he wrote entirely for him, for his own benefit. For for his own because he loves sake. he likes the world that he built, which is fine. He uh, likes the characters. So much about the characters just didn't carry over. No, I would say overall, this is what I'd say. <clears throat> okay, again, not to be too armchair critical because I can't. It's what we do. Yeah, if you're it's, listening. It's a, if you listen to this show and you, you only listen to the story, then you know there are probably a bunch of other shows you should probably be listening to. Yes. If you're listening to the show and you've made it all the way to 134 and you actually, you know, like hearing our opinions, then you know, continue listening because that's why I timestamp things. Right. Um, yeah. Like, give me, give me your actual critical. Here's here's the deal. Baraska is a mostly competently written story. Obviously, yes. not even in the same camp as the heavy hitters. But also above. What would you consider heavy hitters? Like pen pal. Okay. Like um, pen pal's a good standard. I love specifically pen pal. I think, for Baraska. I think pen pal's a, a, a pen story pal, that stands. The pen pal is haunting. Yeah. Which is why I like it. What what else? What else is like big creep pals? Candle Cove, like all the mm. classics. I think Candle Cove is a great example of genre. I think sure. I think it's really well written. <clears throat> I have a lot that I consider heavy hitters that maybe not a lot of other people consider heavy hitters. Give me one. You want um, one or two. I love Odd Kids. I think Odd Kids is great. What'd that be? Um, Where Am I? And I did Mushrooms and read a story, but it, it had been like so heavily suggested. Um, <clears throat> a kid goes down to live with his grandparents over the course of a summer... And <clears throat> he makes friends with the neighborhood girl who just always calls him out and they run through the forest and, you know, they get to a point in the forest and she says, you know, no matter how many times you come here, even by yourself, you can't cross this creek. And just always says it. And she tells him, you know, she at first she just says, don't cross this creek. And then he gets it out of her later that she came here with a friend once. The friend saw something, crossed the creek, and never came back. Ooh. And it is... They then start to see what they consider, you know, and she vaguely remembers seeing what looked like a kid take her some... Take the friend somewhere. Okay. And naturally they cross the creek because the protagonist sees something that he thinks is the friend that the that the neighborhood girl mentioned in the story because of, like, some descriptive factor that she wore that day or right. looked, you know, maybe hair. And the two of them cross the river. They try to go find out what happened to the friend, and they realize that, like, it is not children. They are not children. They are things in children's skin, and that is why they exist kind of only in that small, like, forest, the very localized. Sure. And it 
turns out to be like a hive mind, um, like species of bugs. And like the entire like story, the guy has like an ant farm and he always like alludes to it as like a queen does to the ants. Okay. And, um, the twist is that when he pushes one of the kids over at the end, almost like oogie boogie, it just explodes into large bugs and small bugs, all, all matter of bugs. And you, you're kind of just left saying like, what the fuck is this? Oh, that's great. That sounds great. And at the very end, you know, he gets away the neighborhood girl does not. Right. She goes missing. It haunts him for 20 years. He's now a dad with a kid writing this story. And he and he very poignantly ends the story by saying, bugs still react to him very weirdly ever since he was a kid, ever since he touched an odd kid. And it's just a very, like, haunting and, like, traumatic story for, like, a kid. Yeah. It's like, he almost died. He got someone killed. He feels very guilty. And he's been holding it in for so long. And That's I just, great. It's a very compelling story. Um, there are a bunch of really good stories that we read. I really like Uncle Jerry's. Not a lot of people talk about Uncle Jerry's. You and I read that. Yeah. Um, I just love the dichotomy. I love... I hearing the, hearing like story one, and then hearing story two, and then trying to figure out how story one was bullshit and then the twist at the end of story two and how they meld together to create like an audio experience yeah i just think is super fun shout out to episode uh 22 and i think odd kids is like 41 or 42 something in there yeah um we read a bunch of really good ones so in any case yeah. i i agree and so baraska is not even close to that but it is above the average. I would say it's like a seven, maybe. It's, it's a pen pal light. I see. I I don't even want to put it in the same category. But no. But like it's it's a it's the rungs. It is the rungs below pen pal. Yeah, agreed. That people have to cross to get to pen pal. Agreed. And then the ending completely uh, to me tanked it. The ending of part four kind of tanked it and took it down to like a six. Which is still decent. You mean the ba- the baby mill twist? The the baby mill twist I loved. The shiny gentleman stuff and just how they wrapped it, I did not love. But that's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. But then this whole part five has literally soured the entire story, which sucks because like order is important. If this was part one, and then we we said oh that was weird, and we went into part two and then f- through five, yeah. I think I would have ended it like completely different. Like oh this guy. It's one of his early stories, and he wasn't quite sure, like, the pacing and the voice he wanted to have as an author, right. so he did part one, it was kind of rocky, but then he developed it, and he actually made this, like, decent story at the end. I'd be like, Part, oh, well, part oh. one is your setting, part two is your building and rising, part three is your uh, assumption, investigation, part four is the payoff. And then part five... It shouldn't exist. It... And I feel like I'm coming back to the it conversation. It's almost like he wanted to do his own it thing. Like, we got to go back. We got to do the thing. We got to finish what we couldn't finish in the first part when we were kids. Like, having now grown from a kid to an adult, I should have more power. I should think about this differently. But it all feels very stunted. It all still feels like a high schooler writing for adults. It does. Right. The voice has not evolved. The voice has not changed. Yes. The high schooler writing for high schoolers was great because that's how we sound. Yep. The high schooler monologuing about how the dad was an alpha is cringe. Yeah. 
That's, and a, that's that, a really good point. That's what jumps out at me right. when I'm sitting here, like, reading things. And is there anything else you want to add before I kind of go off into a different direction? Ooh, I'm excited for this different direction. Um, I just kind of, I just kind no. of want to get into something real quick. I think, to, you, I think you nailed it. it. I think, I think that's, I think that was one of the major issues. Is that Kyle, uh, Sam felt like a kid taking heroin, and Kimber felt like a kid. It's like a kid who watched guns. a lot of Train Spotting. Yeah, was like that's what heroin is right, like. And then right. he just like took took the cliff notes. Yeah, it, it's an ish. It's an ish. Kimber's trauma like doesn't. It, it just reads like a broken record. Um, so actually, to spin this positive really quick before you do your tangent. Yeah. Um, to all, I mean, we obviously we're the two of us are creative people. Everyone, I think you have on the show is a creative person. Relatively, creative, I think your yeah. audience is probably creative people, and I think a lot of you guys are probably younger than us, maybe, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to write about what you know. Don't. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Not. If you're when looking, I, when for, I was in yeah. high school, I think everything I wrote had the high school voice because yeah. that's that's what I wanted to put out there and I think the CK Walker I don't know how old he is I we're making assumptions right. I'm assuming that when he wrote Baraska part 1 he was at least either done with high school or going through high school like maybe in college creative writing class or something like the voice was still there he was still young he's not weathered he has not been through like you know life like he doesn't understand like context uh, and how it adapts characters, how yeah. it shapes characters, and like that is something I have absolutely battled. Like I, I try to write almost every day, and I think like there's a lot of stuff in the in the stuff I'm writing right now where I'm just like shit. shit that just sounds like a like a kid writing this. Like that doesn't sound like I'm putting thoughts into the right sentences. Yeah. But yeah. What's your t- what's your change? I don't think you're right. We do not have the show to discourage by any means. We're going to continue finding creepypasta and no sleeps and other things to other sources to read because we enjoy the journey and we enjoy the thrill of reading scary and horror based stories like yeah. horror fiction. And I think like we don't hop into the real shit and we don't go into the real shit because it's just like, that's not what displacement is about. This show is about displacement. This show is about entertainment. And we are kind of like an audiobook commentary review show. Right. Like it's very niche. Right. But we have found an audience. And therefore, that makes me want to say at least a little bit, just because you kind of reminded me, um, to just go through and... and I know I did this in episode 100, but I did it with different people who have different opinions. And I know you not being, like, an avid listener of the show, there are things to point out. Um, I'm just kind of going to thumb through our master catalog right now and kind of say what stands out to me. Your Search and Rescue Stories series is highly regarded in the community. Cool. We read it on a bunch of episodes. I'm sorry, I don't have it. Just go to the Django uh, Phillips playlist on the SoundCloud and just listen to maybe his first, like, ten episodes. They all, like, except for the Slenderman one, they all have, like, a touch of the search and rescue stories peppered in at the end. It is cataloged. It is noted. So, like, don't waste your time listening to an episode expecting it to come at the end when it's not written there. Like, yeah. I write that we're going to get into the search and rescue stuff. Those are highly regarded. People think the search and rescue stories, the way that they're written, uh, the wildlife ranger, people highly regard that. Mm-hmm. 
I remember when we read it, it flip-flopped a lot. It was very hot and cold. Yeah. Some of it was very cool. Very Agreed. interesting. And then some of it was also just, like, more stairs in the woods. Yes. And I know you felt that way about yes. that, too. No End House, episode 19. I read that with my buddy Space Cowboy. Everyone likes No End House. It was adapted into Channel Zero's show. So was the Search and Rescue stories, but No End House is a little bit more effective. The narrative is fun. People uh, people in the horror community like haunted houses. That's just the direction that goes. It's a haunted house for your brain. It's, it's very interesting. Um, I already mentioned uh, uh, Uncle Jerry's. I think Uncle Jerry's is very fun. I don't really find the Lost episode stuff very compelling, like Squidward Suicide and the Mick, the Mickey Mouse stuff, the um, Abandoned by Disney, all that like Lost trying to ge- degenerate a company. I love Lost episodes. I think it's just personal mileage. I think it's just. But would you consider? Tastes. But would you consider it gold caliber quality? Yeah, quality that's a good point. So for, I, for you know, if yeah. you were to turn someone onto creepypastas, would the first thing you hand over to them be like Squidward Suicide? No, no. I would hope it Which wouldn't is be because I'm probably one of the most regarded. Yeah, I don't. Episodes. I don't think it's indicative of the genre. But I do. Yeah, I, there are some that are like like Ben Drowned. Ben Drowned is amazing. I, I think was, is pretty ben, good. Ben Drowned is very good. But I would. I would also consider Ben Drowned uh, just something else. I wouldn't really. It's not. I really wouldn't a lost really episode. put Ben Drowned in the lost episode no, category. But it's but, like a fucking with but media. But it's there. Kind of but it's there. Goatman. Go- Anansi's Goatman story is like when it pops up, it'll always have like five comments saying like I didn't know this one. Uh, the green text turned no sleep story, very fucking cool. And it's because it doesn't answer any of your questions. It's one of those narratives that doesn't explain anything. Right. It begins, it ends, and it's fucking enticing. It's just really fun. Um, a lot of people like Psychosis. Um, these are both episodes I've or stories I've read with someone named Gestalt. Um, if you like. Goatman or Psychosis, we read those on his playlist. Psychosis is the one where the guy has agoraphobia. He basically is convinced that there's something outside, like killing people, um, or ha- oh. has like ended the world. In the, he's every, like in the basement apartment. Every time he like looks out the window, he can't see people, birds, animals, insects, anything. But he's still receiving texts and like emails, and like the first one says, "Don't go outside. Something's happened to you." Psychosis is amazing. Psychosis is a great story. But then it gets to the end. Which just pushes it over the fucking edge for me. I don't remember the ending of the story. The end is like, he rips out his fucking eyeballs, and he says, like, well, if I can't see them, then I beat them. And then he's, like, rocking back and forth in a mental asylum. If I can't see them, then I beat them. And then they allude that, like, the doctor has, like, an appendage over his face. Like, some type of alien appendage. And it's like, the world was taken over. He was right. But now he doesn't have eyes, and he's a crazy guy. No, he's a crazy person. Great story. Creepypasta, creepypasta being creepypasta. Yeah. I suppose I can't knock it because it's still one of those ones that is like highly fucking regarded. Can we mention Dogscape? I think Dogscape is one of the craziest things I've ever fucking read. So I kind of have to give it a shout out. I Here's what I'll say about Dogscape. I think, I think the, Dogscape's very well written. I think the story is an eight. And I think my reading of it is probably like a four. Only because I remember getting super baked for that episode. Yes. And then hating life because that story is long. It is long. It's a good it story. It's a long time. It's a good long story. We also story. start we also started 
by reading Guts, which probably should have been saved for a different episode. So we well, started, but Guts is really good. Though. We started off on the wrong foot, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't the, know. I think I just get the pissed off at dog skate intestine halfway through. I, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to Mayhem Mountain. Um, that one doesn't get talked about a lot, but uh, that's uh, Where Am I's first episode, episode 43. Mayhem Mountain is the amusement park fuck-up, um, the dark side of amusement parks. Um, it's kind of cliche. It's kind of Final Destination-y. I think it's interesting. I liked episode 44 with you, the story about the painting. Um, I find that very creepy. That was fun. That kind of... When I think of creepypasta, I think of, like, stories like episode 44, where it's, like, the painting that changes every time you look at it. Was that the episode that you read your story on? No, that was the Slenderman one. That was Slenderman? I wrote a Slenderman story. It was Slenderman? In episode 16, the episode ends with me reading my Slenderman story. Because I thought that was great. I thought the one that you wrote was awesome. Oh, you liked my Slenderman story because it was very contextual. It was very, like... I just liked it a lot. The imagery... I pushed the imagery because, I, I, as I explained to you in episode 16, it was originally a screenplay. I wanted wanted to film it. That's right. And then I adapted it into a short story. Um, I just couldn't... So listen to that one. I couldn't film it. Yeah, episode episode 16 is our most popular episode, fuckers. Oh, period? uh, Yeah. Of all. That's cool. So I kind of, like... It's because people are like Google search and Slenderman. I kind of like tip my hat because that story that I wrote is not published anywhere. And for it to be the most listened to episode is kind of like an exclusive thing. It is. It's true. Which is fun. I wrote something and it's on the show. That's fun. That's fun. Um, Let's continue down the list. Mr. Bear, 1999. I have to pee. I'm going to continue talking. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should. Okay, go. I'll be back. Um, 1999, Mr. Bear's Cellar. This oh, great story. Hey, great story. Fantastic fucking story. And he's gone. He left. He, 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 the episode is over. He, he's, he's gone. I'm going to keep talking. The Whistlers. A lot of people talk about the Whistlers, um, the people trapped in the forest, um, and there are monsters following them. Okay, so episode 62. I was off by 20 episodes. That is the Odd Kids episode. Again, I know I kind of, like, explained the entire story and probably ruined it for a lot of people, but um, Odd Kids is so much about the build-up. Just finding out what happened um, and kind of piecing together the mystery and then see, like, feeling the horror of this kid witnessing it himself. Uh, It's just so good. I actually thought Bedtime was a little disappointing, so I'm going to go ahead and skip that one. Uh, New Fish. New Fish is really good. It's kind of like Castle Rock. For the for those Stephen King Castle Rock lovers, um, that one's fun. Pen Pal episode eighty with Franz McBoohoo. Um, Pen Pal is often regarded as one of the best no sleep stories of all time. You just gotta say that. I guess that brings us to episode one hundred, which is Ben Drowned, very popular. Baraska first started on episode one hundred and two. It has taken us. Oh, like 33 episodes, counting 34, to fucking get here. So, part one, all the way back at 102. Oh, the left-right game. How can I forget about the left-right game? Easily one of the best stories we've ever read. Tenron Ochern and I read that over the course of, I think, five or six episodes. Jesus, is it just one of the most compelling fucking things. I wanted to run these by you to see if you had thought of any of these. Oh, hey. 
Whistlers. I don't know what that is. The people stuck in, like, the Alaskan forest, and they pull up on a lodge in the middle of the woods that, like, is supposed to operate seasonally, but it's completely abandoned. And there are, like, things in the woods that just permeate a whistle, and they're, like, hunting these people down. No. Three episodes told with Tenron Otrin. Wonderful fucking story. Okay. What about uh, New Fish? New Fish. A prison gang basically tells a spook story from, like, 20 years ago about how this guy was, like, delivered to the prison, and he was just this, like, angelically beautiful young man, and this guy then proceeded to, like, cause, like, a supernatural prison break where he, like, disemboweled the entire staff and pretty much killed some of the high-intense security profile uh, inmates there. Nope. And then resurfaces like forty years later, still looks the same. Kind of beautiful young man. Nope. New fish is really good. Uh, left right game, pretty good. I fucking loved left right game. <laughs> Maybe it's just because Rip Torn, rest in peace. Um, I kind of did a Rip Torn voice for Rob Gathard's character that entire story. So if you listen to those six episodes, you're going to enjoy me talking like an old fucking man. Um, I fucking love Left Right Game. Did you end up actually reading that one? I have read Left Right Game in the, like in the past. Yeah. Just out of the blue. Um, I liked it. Didn't think too much of it? No, I liked I th- it. I think it's like top tier... No sleep. I liked it. Well, shit. now I'm going to look at this shit. Keep, keep going. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of Whistlers. That's one of the older ones that kind of went around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much caught up to current. We read um, Tommy Taffy on episode 130, and a lot of people like him. He's like a new creepypasta mascot of some kind, although I think that story was written a couple years ago. Um, I read that story... Um, with Tom Bombadil and uh, Where Am I? And they both got a real kick out of that. Imagine, like, a life-size Ken doll showing up to your door one day and just fucking rapes your family. Ooh, okay. Some good stuff. All while trying to teach you the lessons on being polite children. It's fucked up. Well, you should be. Yeah, you should be a good kid. Yeah. Or else... Uh, hey, that's the lesson, I think, of Baraska. That's the lesson of Baraska. Be a good right. kid, guys. Yeah. And, so, yeah. um... That's yeah. I mean, I I listed I listed like I listed like t- probably twelve really good stories just now. <laughs> so if you liked Baraska, go listen to those other ones that you may have missed if you're like late to the show. Um, I named all of them. So like, if you ever need reference, just go back and listen to this <laughs> episode and you know listen to those. Uh, search those on our playlists. Um, there's some good short stories too, you know. Sometimes, you know, just because a story is long does not make it good, you know. Um, sure. There's there some really haunting, like shorter stories we read on some episodes too. You know, I'm not trying to give them any sort of discount or anything. I'm just saying, like, um, I'm not gonna go ahead and like list every fucking story I find compelling. I just think like having been doing this show for so long there are some that just like stick out to me yeah and a lot of them are like gestalt's couple episodes tenron's episodes where am i's episodes your episodes just to just to list like a few that i just think are like you know just above par and i really hope everyone is excited 
for Spire in the Woods because it's genuinely some spooky shit. Any um, any final notes? Anything you'd like to add? No, I just want to go ahead and, and dab on it. And um, he wants to dab on the haters. Just dab on it. Um, he also, uh, you know, I'm I'm also relatively certain that he's just happy to be done with this fucking story. I am. Uh, it was not the worst story in the world, but I am. It was not the worst story. N- in the world. Not even close. But if I'm, there's anything to say about Baraska, it's not the worst story. It's not the worst story, but I'm it's glad also to not be the best. Done of it. Yeah. Um, Goodbye. Baraska. I have some. I have. <laughs> I have some fun stuff planned for you next. Nice. Um, I'm gonna let you. Um, I'm gonna let you sleep on this shit for just a little bit cool. before I call you back. Good. But your next episode is gonna have a guest anyway, so we'll we'll oh, be yeah. back shortly. Right. Um, I do have some fun stuff planned. Yeah, some we're we're back up to the same old shit. Let's just say that. Okay. Come on, we're. We're you, back at it you know, again. You know, you know what it is. You know what, you it, know is. what it is. Hit that, smash that subscribe, smash that like button. button. Give me hit, a follow. Hit Give that me follow on the SoundCloud, man. If you love uh, this, go to our YouTube. Donate all your B coins. Your B coins. Put a comment. Give down. me your only V coin. Listen, you only your get your favorite type of pasta. And once you really sleep somebody, they get your Google V-coin reviews, and you can't get it back. Make people and think you're that gonna we actually a lot of people that say if you don't have your V coin, you're not worth shit. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. And most importantly, because you always have your unsubscribe. And kill yourself. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no, but definitely unsubscribe though. <laughs> but stay alive. Continue alive. Continue living. Just without us. <laughs> Yeah.